0: Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Alison Haynes. So today I'm joined by Bhavna Jain of Bob. So welcome to the show, Bhavna. Thank
1: you, Allison, for having me.
0: Yeah. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so I am a clinical pharmacist by profession, I'm still currently um, practicing. Um, but I actually launched my line called uh, Bob um, in back in March of 2018, um, and it is a women's wear contemporary line that incorporates South Asian heritage fabrics into the design aesthetic. Where um, based here in Chicago um, Illinois and um, I'm going into my fourth um, uh, season here uh, with Bob
0: wonderful so that's so fun um, lots that I want to ask you about in there but let's kind of start at the beginning of so you said you're a clinical pharmacist so what brought you to fashion
1: yeah it's uh, uh, quite a journey um, and one that sometimes is definitely a conversation starter with people because it's <laughs> <laughs> coming from pharmacy going into uh, fashion design. Um, so I you know, came from a uh, family where you know healthcare care um, you know, was heavily emphasized. My father's a physician, and I naturally kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps. Um, I had an interest in healthcare um, at an early age. uh, But at the same time, I also had, um, you know, this love of, you know, uh, art, um, whether it was, you know, drawing or, you know, sketching, uh, painting, all of it. um, And I also have know I come from uh, a family of South Asian uh, heritage specifically uh, my parents are from India and so that culture also is very uh, sort of ingrained in me and it's it's a you know very rich culture in terms of um, you know fashion or clothing and uh, food and you know um, all types of um, aspects um, you know of India so so yeah, so I was influenced by you know both cultures as growing up here in the United States, and um, again, you know. Um... Uh, Indian culture as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But growing up, again, I I came from a household where it was more emphasized to kind of pursue a career that was maybe a little bit more stable, um, (laughs) specifically math and science. Um, And so I didn't really have much encouragement to kind of pursue something in art, um, which they knew I was, you know, good at. But again, it, it was considered more of a hobby. Uh, so fast forward, I still continued on with the healthcare track and field and, and, and then eventually, um, entered into pharmacy school, graduated, and I started my pharmacy career and I, you know, kind of figured this was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, And a few years into my pharmacy career was when I kind of started to get a little bit burned out. um, And I just really kind of wanted to find that um, creative outlet that I had, you know, had been looking for, or that it was just kind of a, a, just sort of brought me joy and happiness in life. Um, And uh, it took me a little bit to kind of decide to maybe, you know, You know, even enrolling in a fashion design program, which I eventually did. Um, And I was doing full time in pharmacy, and then I'd go to my evening classes in fashion design. And at the time, I really didn't know where it was going to take me. I don't think I really had any um, ideas of pursuing it as a career, but I just, you know, I just wanted to really explore it. So a few years went by, and um, I really enjoyed it. And I, had an opportunity in life. I didn't, you know, have a family or anything that was going to tie me down. And I felt like if I didn't take this opportunity to pursue this, um, you know, passion of mine, uh, I was maybe going to regret it. So I started at that point. I had decided that I wanted to really pursue and create my own um, line, and that's when I started putting the pieces together for my business. And I eventually launched in March of 2018. And uh, so now I'm doing pharmacy part time, and I'm uh, focusing on um, my brand as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. So again, there there's a lot in that story. I think <laughs> I've I've heard from other people too, and even in my own experience of like the general perception you're like oh what do I want to do for a career it's like fashion is not a stable career like you can't make it you know like it's not a safe thing to go into like job stability wise Um, but I think well that's you know somewhat true you know it's you know not everyone's going to become a creative director of a you know luxury brand kind of thing Mm -hmm. um, that role in fashion but there's way there's so much more in the fashion industry that you know, thousands and millions of people make, you know, a living career doing that, I think, you know, people overlook that. Absolutely. And so Yeah. I, like I, I hear like similar stories to yours in that, you know, went into something maybe safer mm-hmm. and then realized like, no, this is not what I want to be doing with my life. <laughs> like there's something to be said of like, I want to do what makes me happy or what I'm really good at and passionate about, um, too.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm very lucky to have, uh, you know, the best of both worlds right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have a passion in healthcare and it's really nice to kind of, um, be able to sort of give back, um, you know, to the community, um, you know, in the profession that I I am working in. Um, but also, yeah, I'm also able to kind of pursue sort of my creative, um, side as well. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I think I, um, you know, kind of thrive a little bit more in that Area as well. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I also find it interesting in what you said of how you were looking for more of a creative outlet, which makes me think like more of a hobby type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you you went so far into that as to like enroll in a fashion program and then like start a business because, you know, th- that's not, like if you're just <laughs> wanting like something to do, you know, on the weekend for fun, you know, starting a business and going to school nights is not maybe the, the easiest way to do that. So um, <laughs> did you maybe like, have I, I know you said like you didn't really have an idea that this would become a career for you, but did you like did you have an interest in kind of the entrepreneurial side of fashion? And that's what like like what made you start a business with this? You know <laughs> oh. So,
1: yeah, so again, when I when I enrolled in the fashion program, um, you know, I had always loved like sewing and stuff. And I think I just Mm -hmm. really wanted to kind of refine those skills Um, and kind of I had ideas about possibly, you know, designing um, Indian occasion wear with more of a um, sort of Western kind of twist or influence. And, um, so I think I did have some ideas sort of brewing in the, in, in the back of my head, but I had no idea as to like where to start or how mm-hmm. to kind of put that together. Um, and so I thought probably the best way to do that was to get a formal sort of, um, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Take some formal classes kind of understand, refine my skills a little bit. And as I went through, um, you know, the curriculum, I realized that, yeah, there there was a lot of doors that sort of opened in terms of um you know, oh, you can sort of do this or, you know, a lot of ideas start to brew, I think, um, Mm -hmm. than what you kind of started with. Um, Another thing was that I think just the idea of, you know, sort of creating my own vision of um, clothing really excited me. And I think Mm -hmm. when I really started to take those classes in uh, garment construction and um, just kind of, again, learning those or enhancing those basic skills, um, again, that kind of, allowed me to you know, think about ideas or designs that I could possibly create. Um, and I think at, when I went through the curriculum, as I said, I had kind of had this idea of possibly creating um, Indian occasion wear um, and giving it a little bit of a Western twist. Um, I think I, through that journey, I decided um, I kind of wanted to go the reverse way. So I really wanted to create more of Western um, contemporary clothing um, and maybe give it a little bit of a South Asian sort of influence. So that's kind of where I had started, um, you know, my journey. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So what were kind of the first steps that you like, uh, I guess, first of all, did you feel like the fashion curriculum that you went through? um kind of gave you insight into okay here are the steps I need to take to start a business in fashion or was it more of like a design um degree or curriculum
1: um so the curriculum that I went through was more of like sort of fashion design so it kind of target um you know specifically um emphasize more sort of design ideas and mm-hmm. um, you know garment construction and um, you know sort of uh, fashion illustration those type of um, classes I was taking um, I hope I, I wish that I would have taken maybe more sort of a visual uh, merchandising classes because later mm-hmm. on when I went on to the process of sort of building the brand that part I kind of had to learn from scratch um, and so that was another, you know, sort of a lot of time that was, um, had to be spent on, uh, understanding how to create a brand and a business. Um, and I was able to kind of learn that, um, through some mentorship, uh, after the fact, when I was sort of building the brand.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Cause I think that's a mm-hmm. really important piece that, um again is maybe a little overlooked it's like it's not easy to start like the business of you absolutely. know like you can be an amazing designer and that's <laughs> like a whole skill and you know part of it but then to actually create the brand for it like it takes a lot of work and sometimes it's hard to know like where do we even start with it
1: yeah absolutely and that's what I sometimes um you know, other student interns that I'm working with, um, I currently have right now, that's something that I want to kind of emphasize and, you know, have them understand that um, you do learn all the design skills in design school, but I feel like sometimes, I'm not familiar with other curriculums. I'm just, you know, saying from the one that I was um, enrolled in um, Mm -hmm. I do feel like sometimes that might be lacking in programs where they really should focus on um, you know, maybe just the basics about the business side of creating a brand, because as you said, that's very important. Um, And, you know, if you're going to most, most designers or, you know, students who come out of design school, they're looking to build a brand and you know, mm-hmm. create their pieces and market it to a certain um, audience. And um, I think even if there's some introductory classes that are offered in curriculums, I think that's very, very valuable to have.
0: Yeah, I agree. I know like the school that I went to here in St. Louis, like mm-hmm. they have a fashion design degree. And then after I graduated, they now have a fashion business and entrepreneurship oh, degree. Okay. That's a whole separate degree.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, it is, you know, if you're just going to school for design, like you don't touch too much on the business end of things,
1: mm-hmm. unless yeah.
0: you like go to the business school right. and take classes. Right, there, right. You know, which some of us <laughs> did, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so true. So, what was kind of the journey like then, developing like your first collection and getting kind of the infrastructure and the brand in place? Yeah,
1: so it was uh, definitely a journey. Again, I I I actually launched under the name of Bobby J Designs back in March of 2018. So, what you see now, um, which is Bob, um, mm-hmm. did go through a transition and a rebrand um, back. I think it's about almost two years now that we, we, we've had Bob now. So, um, so yeah, so again, um, uh, originally when I launched, um, it was Bobby J designs. It was still the same idea of this, uh, women's contemporary, um, wear, and I, I was kind of focusing on transitional wear from, um, sort of day to evening kind of pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was having a little bit of trouble trying to figure out, um, the balance of incorporating, um, sort of a South Asian sort of design aesthetic into the into the pieces. Um, so that process actually took quite a bit of time. Um, I had done a lot of sort of my own market research in terms of um, you know, asking a lot of family and friends and putting out surveys and you know, my original design ideas that I had to kind of see, test test the waters a little mm-hmm. bit. So that process took quite a bit of time. Um, I even took some international trips over to India um, to kind of figure out what my options were. And if I wanted to incorporate certain design elements um, into, uh, you know, the designs, how that was going to sort of play out. Um, and I think through that process, I, I definitely had to kind of scale back a lot of what I <laughs> sort of wanted to <laughs> start mm-hmm. off with. Um, and again, that's all part of the learning experience. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, uh, again, so I, I launched these initial designs and um, was trying to kind of incorporate a little bit of South Asian elements. You could kind of see them, but it really wasn't up to the vision that I had sort of Um, started off with. Uh, So I released two collections um, under the label. And after that, I kind of stepped back and wanted to reevaluate and figure out, okay, what changes do I want to make? Um, How can I improve the brand? Um, And I don't think For me personally, I did not feel the growth of the brand that I was sort of looking for, and so I I had Mm -hmm. to kind of step back and figure out how I can uh, change things. Uh, So, with the help of uh, a family member um, who was also in consulting, um, uh, we kind of sort of went through a rebrand, and that was the start of the rebrand process. And really had to figure out um, how could I incorporate more of South Asian heritage into the design aesthetic. Um, And so that's kind of when we took some time out and really did some research on other different textiles from India and how could we, again, kind of incorporate it in a more contemporary, um, chic sort of way. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's when um, things started to jumpstart for me. And I was able to kind of get more of a clearer picture of what I was looking for and what I really wanted to design and, um, you know, offer to my audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so that uh, just kind that's kind of in a nutshell of sort of how the rebranding process occurred. And, um, you know, again, through the journey, you learn so much, um, you know, there's, been many things um, and advice that I would give to other designers as well, but um, that kind of gives a little bit of a nutshell as to how sort of that rebranding process uh, happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. So did did that more stem from like what you had as the vision for where you wanted to see the brand, or did some of that also, like the rebrand, was it partially prompted by some of the feedback you got on those surveys and the research that you did with customers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a combination of everything. Um, and you know, I think, again, when you start off in a brand, you have a vision, but sometimes it's hard to execute exactly the way you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Mm -hmm. through the process, sometimes you learn there's a lot of things that you sometimes sort of have to sacrifice just in terms of logistics. And as I said, when I had gone overseas to try to figure out logistics, it just wasn't practical, you know, for someone who was just starting Mm -hmm. out. Um, And so, you know, I had to uh, sort of let go of a lot of, you know, ideas that I had that I wanted to incorporate. Um, And I think over the years, you also start to kind of understand your audience and, um, you know, all the, and, and over all the advice that you sort of gather through those, um, through those years from other designers or just looking and studying other brands and stuff. um, You also start to see how they've evolved and um you know i think the number one thing that a lot of um brands have said is that you really have to understand your audience um you know listen to what your audience is saying um but not you know sort of lose your vision as well and i think uh just kind of taking all of that into consideration um you know, really helped me kind of really uh, focus on what my brand mission was going to be, what I wanted the brand to stand for, um, and how to sort of articulate that. So, um, so yeah, that, that just through all those years um, kind of helped me refine more and more of like what my true vision was.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I've had a similar experience in my business where it's like over the years you get more and more focused more and more clear mm-hmm, about yeah. you know, who your customers are what y- you enjoy doing and like what's feasible like what can you do with the with the time mm-hmm. resources that you have and it all you know starts to kind of fall into place more and more yeah yeah learn more of that Absolutely. um so yeah you you mentioned that um you you had some things that you've learned that it's like you would share with like new <laughs> entrepreneurs or like yourself if you could go back. What are some of those things that were kind of the takeaways that you've you've picked up?
1: Yeah, I think from um sort of a business standpoint, I think it's just really important to um uh just sit down and kind of um map out um a you know, it doesn't have to be obviously the exact business plan that you're going to follow, but it's really good to just start with one. Um, and, I think those ideas always just like kind of turned me off in the beginning. And I was like, oh, I just have it in my head kind of thing. Um, but I, you know, maybe a few months down the line, I was like, okay, I really do need to kind of sit down and, and just map out like what, um, you know, what are your expectations? Um, you know, mm-hmm. how much money realistically are you starting with um, trying to project how much money you possibly will need? Because these things are all very important in terms of sustaining a business. Um, And so, yeah, so I I definitely think that is something that I um, would highly recommend any entrepreneur to kind of do. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, set in stone, because that business plan is going to evolve as you grow. And that's okay. And that's what it's supposed to be there for. Um, uh, Another, um, you know, advice or that I probably would like to share is um, just really just kind of uh, I think expectations of what entrepreneurship is—you um, mm-hmm. <laughs> know, it, it's it it's it. In the end, it is very hard and it can be very draining. But I think the reward is definitely there in the end, um, just based on whatever your goals are, um, you know, for your business or brand. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not hard. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not easy. You know, it, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of sacrifice and um, you know, there will be a lot of bumps in the road and you just um, I think you have to tell yourself that you're willing to <clears throat> accept those challenges um, um, you know, and, and, and embrace the challenges because if you don't, then you're not going to grow. So um, I think that's really important to kind of um, keep in the back of your mind when you when you start your journey because um, you know if you think that it's going to be a cake uh, a walk you know it's just going to be so easy then um, I think you're you're in for something else so mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah definitely I totally agree and I think like going back to what you said a minute ago <clears throat> uh, like the more clear you are about what your mission is and what um you know how that affects your designs and how you run your business like it makes the decision making a little easier and it kind of can keep you going when things are harder to know like why am i doing this what do i want to convey with my brand um i find that like at least for my business to be very helpful in that kind of entrepreneurship side of things to you know it helps you decide like what is worth right. you know going into spending my time on um you know dedicating money or resources to um and yeah that can be kind of like a helpful thing to make it a little less overwhelming because <laughs> yeah it can be a lot of work i mean you have you have kind of like infinite possibilities Um, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I
1: think it's healthy to kind of do a self check in, um, you know, every once in a while, because as you said, like, it just sometimes gets very overwhelming. And then sometimes you're like, why am I doing this? What is the purpose? So, (laughs) um, you know, and I'm sure all of us have had those (laughs) moments uh, before. And so yeah, so I think it's really good to just step back and ask those questions. And um, I was just talking to somebody else um, uh, before, and I think, I said that when when you have those moments of um, you know sort of self doubt, you should always step back and ask yourself, uh, one, um, am I am I enjoying this? And if the answer to that is yes, then you know you continue, you you keep on going. But if the answer to that is no, then I think you really need to re- evaluate, like what is the reason? Like if you're, if you're mm-hmm. losing sort of that passion or if you're losing that um, kind of hope or, you know, motivation that I think that might be a red flag to, you know, kind of reassess where you're at. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is like, uh, the, the mission of Bob and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that you've kind of refined and like, what is that mission now and how do you see that kind of playing out in your business and in your like designs?
1: Yeah. So, um, Bob is, you know, I created it as a brand of, um, you know, just really kind of, um, sort of the, the reason why I created Bob was really to kind of share a piece of my own identity, um, you know, with everybody. Um, and it kind of stems back with sort of growing up, um, you know, in the States here, uh, my parents are immigrants from India and you know, going back to the same thing of sort of being immersed in like two different cultures. But Mm -hmm. as I was growing up, I felt like they were very segregated. So, you know, uh, day to day life, you know, we're going to school and interacting, um, you know, with all different types of people. Um, And when you come back home, you're sort of immersed in, you know, that Indian culture and um, attending events and, you know, that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, it was kind of difficult because you know I grew up in a um, in a community where we were still sort of um, minority, and it was kind of hard sometimes to sort of integrate those cultures, you know. So they were very um, segregated, mm-hmm. and I didn't find really, um, you know, pieces that I could identify with in terms of clothing of you know that could express my dual identity. And, um, and so I think that's really, really what Bob represents is this, you know, we are all made up of so many different things, you know, whether it be some of us do come from multicultural like backgrounds and stuff like that. And um, I think there's just not one thing that sort of defines us these days, we're just made up of so many things, you know, Mm -hmm. us women, some of us are moms, we're, we're sisters, we're daughters, you know, we have careers, we, you know, there's so many elements that make, um, you know, make a person up. And I think the beauty of it is that we are able to sort of choose um, the beautiful things about our background or about our cultures that we can, you know, pick and choose that we allow to represent us. And so that is what sort of, um, you know, kind of represents is that I have been able to choose the elements of, um, you know the rich traditions and culture of India, but also I have been able to sort of pick and choose the beautiful elements of, you know, American culture and kind of fuse them together and create these pieces. Um, You know, a lot of the pieces are, um, you know, dresses, pants, and tops, which are very Western and contemporary, but again, um, you know, subtly bringing in um, a little bit of uh, a different culture and kind of fusing it together. And so, and so that's what I want, like somebody who purchases from our brand to kind of see that and identify with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's really sort of the mission, um, of Bob is just to kind of celebrate like your heritage and your background and, um, you know, be proud of sort of showing, you know, all colors of yourself.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, um, also fascinating. I mean, we're, and in the fashion industry, obviously, but like how clothing is a big part of both like cultural culture and like Mm -hmm. personal expression of that. Um, so can you, can you talk a little bit about maybe for yourself, like how, you know, the, the clothing you wear or design, um, reflects that?
1: Yeah. So I think really the clothing, um, is reflective, um, more so with, um, from like the Indian um, heritage part it is specifically more uh, from the textiles that we're using, um, and a lot of them, most of them, are imported from India, and it kind of highlights the the rich craftsmanship. Um, specifically from our last collection, we. Um, Used a fabric called ecat uh, cotton, and ecat mm-hmm. is actually an ancient dyeing um, you know process that have, has been used for centuries, um, and it's very prominent in sort of that Southeast Asian region, and uh, um, you know it's a it's a dyeing technique where um, the fibers are actually dyed, and then they're weaved together to make the patterns that you see. Um, and so there's about three, four patterns that we've, we've chosen and they come in all different, you know, colors and patterns and stuff like that. Um, and the other one, uh, other fabric that we, uh, used in our collection was a uh, silk blend and silk is a very, you know, beautiful fabric that, mm. uh, comes in many various, um, types, uh, again, from India and other, you know, South Asian, um, areas over there as well. And it's, um, again, it, it just using each of these different textiles. And, um, we also screen printed, I'm sorry, on the silk, um, you know, which I was actually able to create sort of this pattern on the silk, which was screen printed on it. Mm -hmm. And so it made it a little bit more, uh, unique and authentic because again, I, you know, was able to design something and print it onto the fabric. So I think that is how, um, you know, some of that Indian, um, Aspects have come into play with these designs, but I use contemporary sort of silhouettes um, again, dresses, pants, and um, tops, which are very easy to wear. Um, We want them to be approachable for all women in the US and not have them feel that they're wearing something too ethnic, but there's a nice balance of where Mm -hmm. you can see a little bit of cultural influence in there, but also they're very, you know, Western. you know, pieces that, again, that these are the types of pieces that I grew up with that I feel comfortable wearing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely see that in, in your pieces of they're very, like, like you said, kind of like universal, like you could wear them, but then you see kind of the detail mm-hmm. of that cultural reference, but it's, you know, not so much where you, you know, like you could wear these pieces kind of wherever you wanted to. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 That's really nice. Um, so I know you mentioned in like some of our emails back and forth before this interview that your, your heritage has also played a role in your entrepreneurial journey. Um, how has it done so?
1: Um, so yeah, again, I think it, it goes back to, um, you know, I think the heritage um, sort of cultural part of the entrepreneurial journey was something somewhat challenging for me, actually, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, um, you know, again, going back to uh, growing up in a household where, uh, you know, we don't have actually anybody in my uh, family who has gone sort of that entrepreneurial route. And mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of challenging because it was difficult to, you um, you know, and even still, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to sort of make my parents kind of understand, uh, you know, like, why am I doing this? You know, (laughs) the why, um, you know, it's to them, it's all it's like, you know, choose the sort of easy nine to five job that will sort of, you know, uh, support you financially and all that other stuff. So I think um, it was a little bit, you know, difficult for me to sort of break out from that. Um, and um, explore the entrepreneurial life. Um, There is a lot of risks to it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what sort of scares them. Um, But I think you just have to be reassuring to them that, you know, like this is a dream. And we, I I sort of remind them that, um, you know I'm very fortunate that they have been able to give me this pathway to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. they left their country, they left their families. And they came here with nothing and they, you know, created a wonderful life for all of us, you know, and I think that's something to constantly remind them that they have been able to give, you know, me this opportunity to kind of explore, you know, sort of this true passion that I have had. So, um, Mm -hmm. so I think in that way, um, my cultural has, my culture has sort of, sort of influenced my entrepreneurial, um, you know, journey. Um, but there have been challenges and I think, uh, you know, sometimes there is this, um, divide between us in terms of them understanding, you know, again, why I'm doing this and a divide sort of in me understanding why they can't understand why I'm doing this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but, you know, again, it's, I think in the end, um, you know, you have to do what makes you happy and, um, But again, make strategic choices, you know, in your life and, you know, you kind of have to go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like what your parents did, you know, kind of leaving their safety net of their families and, you know, starting over in a new country. Um, and building a great life from there. I mean, it, it's a little bit similar to like leaving a safety net of your nine to five and absolutely. starting the stream. So it's like, it, it's very similar. Maybe they know how hard it is to do that and that's why yes. they're hesitant for you. But right, right. Um, it's no, like, that's worst case scenario, true. you could always go back to a nine to five too. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: No, and you're absolutely right. And I, 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 think, I, I think about that all the time. What they have done is truly an entrepreneur's journey. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my father's been has had a private practice for over 20 years and has been able to survive that. And I'm like, that's an that's a business. That's, you know, (laughs) so I I, yeah, again, that's where why I find it hard for them to, um, you know, understand that you did this. So, I think you're right. I think it's just the fear of like knowing how hard it is and what a struggle it can be, and and they feel like they paid maybe an easy path for us, and so why not take that easy path and st- mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of struggling yourself? But
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but I think that's that's for any entrepreneur to kind of go on that journey themselves and figure that out. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it, it does definitely help like to have family that understands it even if they like mm-hmm. or you know so can, get, can be supportive of you even if they don't quite understand everything. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's like my my family like no one's entrepreneurial either. Um so I think they were supportive of like when I was like I'm going to leave my job and start a business. <laughs> like you know, a full-time job in my field. Um and so like I think they were a little bit nervous about it. They didn't tell me not to do it, but they were just like, okay, like we don't really know. Like we can't really give you any advice in this area. This is, would make us nervous but you know we'll, <laughs> we'll be there for you but,
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: it is it is always some risk but I, I agree there's definitely a lot of rewards with it too
1: right right uh, yeah and uh, I've been very fortunate I have a brother and sister who've been you know with me the whole way so it, that in that sense it, you know I, I do have a community and a, and a very solid support system it's just sometimes I think you look to your parents for that special sort of support I think mm-hmm. or you know um, but again, they, I think they do feel comfortable that if, you know, knock on wood, if things don't work out with the business, then there is always this backup, to, you know, career to go back to. So, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to uh, talk a little bit about sourcing fabrics. So I know that's something with especially new brands and especially, you know, when a smaller brand, you mentioned like there are some things that just aren't practical. Mm-hmm. Um what were like, as you were looking for these textiles and these fabrics, um, kind of what was that experience like? And um, like, how how are you able to find kind of like the right fit of what you're looking for and, you know make it practical and all that?
1: Yeah, so um, initially, uh, you know going back to 2018, 2019, when I was, you know um, Working on those first two collections. Um, I was sourcing uh, some fabrics, a lot of my pr- fabrics here from the States. Um, I had found some companies um, abroad that, um, really in Europe, I think, um, that had some really nice fabrics, but then it was sort of this cost issue. So mm-hmm. I was, um, <clears throat> that was kind of a struggle. Uh, when we went through our brand, a rebrand, um, we really wanted to focus on getting, uh, you know, fabrics uh, from India, particularly um, to kind of again uh, keep the South Asian um, heritage, you know, textile aesthetic into the designs. Um, we did a lot of research, and you know, we just—it uh, was just a lot of, you know, Googling and and trying to find vendors um, abroad mm-hmm. that were selling. Uh, And just really browsing through a lot of, you know, types of textiles that they had. Um, We took a trip out to New York and kind of browsed their garment district as well. And we found a few that um, did have some sort of, um, you know, textiles from India. Um, And I think that's sort of where the... um, that's where the, uh, the search kind of started. And, you know, pricing wasn't at the price point that we were looking for. And so from there, then we started sort of looking online. Um, Etsy is a great place, actually, to find a lot of, you know, vendors, Uh, we were able to, you know, contact them. And then, um, you know, through those contacts, you get more Mm -hmm. contacts and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how we, um, you know, started to Uh, narrow sort of down. um, First, you look at a very broad, you know, catalog of fabrics Mm -hmm, and you mm -hmm. start to envision like, okay, like I can see this being used or this. Um, And I think that's how we started to narrow down that, you know, these cottons were very, you know, quality fabrics, some of their designs, you know, we could kind of see them used in a more contemporary uh, way. Um, and then um, we found some silk vendors um, who were able to sort of dye the silks any color that we wanted. And then oh, nice. the ideas of you know screen printing came up, and we were like, okay, well we have an opportunity then to create a, a unique, um, you know, screen print. And so yeah, so that's kind of how it all it it that's how it all worked out for our first collection. Um, moving forward. Um, Currently, when I'm uh, on this collection that I'm working on, um, we had some other contacts through, um, you know, it, it's sometimes it's very random how you you find contacts. I think mm-hmm. I had somebody reach out from LinkedIn who had something else that they wanted to discuss and um, they were able to share their fabric content and or contact. I'm sorry. So you know, it, it's just a matter of always keeping sort of your avenues open and, and looking out for other fabrics. Um, so yeah, it's so kind of an I,
0: ongoing process. It is. It? It's, yeah. it,
1: fabric sourcing is always an ongoing um, yeah, process. So you just have to kind of like, you know, file other people that you like, okay, in your Rolodex kind of type thing of like, mm-hmm. okay, like, you know, these are contacts that I've made in the past. Maybe we can, you know, ask them for some samples in the future. So, um, you know, I actually am working with an intern right now who has quite a few fabric contact contacts from India. Um, so we're in the process of testing those out now. So, and those are, might be at a little bit better price point. So, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, so
1: we definitely are always on the lookout for, um, you know, different types of fabrics, prints, um, what these um, manufacturers are able to do or mills uh, in India are able to do um, and see like, you know, the quality of the fabrics, the quality of their products. Um, so yeah, it, it, it all matters and it all starts with sampling and then, you know, going on from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, your fabrics are mostly from India, but you make your designs in Chicago, right?
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, was there a particular reason why, like you were like, I want to manufacture in Chicago versus, you know, I know there's a lot of manufacturers over in India too, or mm-hmm. you know, garment factories as well as textile mills. Yeah. Um, what kind of drew you to Chicago for the production?
1: Well, we're based here in Chicago. Um, the first uh, collection that I did um, again was a was a big learning process. So I actually took out I I took a trip to New York actually and met with quite a few manufacturers out there showed them some designs um and I think it just came back down to like sort of the logistics of being even though we're in the same country Mm -hmm. um it's still kind of far you're not like sort of hands-on you you know you can't stop in and and you know if problems occur what what have you Mm -hmm. Um, even still knowing all of that, I still ended up going with a manufacturer, um, in Boston my first year. And after that process, um, learned a lot and, um, decided that I wanted to bring it closer, you know, to Chicago. So I, again, I could have more control of of everything and, um, more of a hands-on process. Mm -hmm. Um, so the second, uh, year we worked with a manufacturer who was located about an hour outside of Chicago, and that was a little bit better. Um, I was still able to kind of, um, you know, go there in an emergency situation, but, you Mm -hmm. know, um, you know, it was still a little bit closer. Um, and I think in the end, when you change manufacturers or, you know, if you again, it's kind of like fabric sourcing, it's always like something that you're on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that for at least for me um, has, you know, sort of made me change different manufacturers or work with different ones is, you um, know sometimes the quality of the stitching but i think it's really more of the costing issue Mm -hmm. Um, and being a small sort of independent designer um, that's a huge factor because um, i'm not looking for large um, you know high minimums i'm -hmm. looking for um, ones where i can sort of do almost like a piece by piece um, process so if an order comes through then We have a time uh, time amount that, you know, we're allowed to, you know, we give to the manufacturer to create the piece and then we can send it out. Um, So
0: more made to order.
1: Exactly. Right. So, um, you know, the manufacturer has all the fabrics, they have all the all the, um, the patterns and everything. It's just helps me keep my inventory level down. Um, I think from an environmental standpoint, it's just more sustainably, um, you know, better because we're not, there's not waste of fabric. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So those were items or, you know, aspects that were important for me. And, um, you know, again, through the process over the years, i learned those things. Uh, We've come to a point now where we are, have been working with a manufacturer um, literally here in Chicago, which is really nice. So um, (laughs) that has probably been the best. And our work process has uh, been conducive to to be able to make those pieces sort of to order if I already don't have them in my inventory, which has been really helpful in terms of cost. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, we've been really fortunate to be working um, with her here um, in Chicago and uh, it's really nice. I think it's just a, another nice perk to be able to say that it's actually made in, um, you know, America, and then even made in Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. locally yeah, here. So,
0: about right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we have a really nice relationship, and I and hopefully we can continue that. Um, but again, I'm always on the lookout for manufacturers because as you grow as a business or brand, and you have more items, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to diversify, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have, or if
0: you have like slightly de- like I know some factories like don't like to work with silks, or some mm-hmm. you know only work with knits, and yes. some only work with wovens, or right, you know, right. only do tailored pieces, or yeah, exactly, it can be so different.
1: Yeah. And then it also helps with like, you know, sort of turnaround time so that one manufacturer's not overwhelmed with, you know, all your orders because mm-hmm. they have obviously other things to do. So. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, again, it's always an ongoing process and we've tested out many manufacturers here in Chicago. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's unfortunately being in the city of Chicago in the Midwest, our our options are not the 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 most like you would find probably in LA or in, um, in New York, but, Mm -hmm. you know, we do have quite a few to choose from and there's always new ones popping up as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I'm in St. Louis. So, um, Mm -hmm. But I grew up in Northern Illinois. So oh, sure. okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like Midwest. And there, <laughs> there, is a, there is a lot more fashion industry here than I think people think mm-hmm. of. Yeah. But yeah, it's just not as concentrated as in like LA or New York. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you share a little bit about your upcoming collection?
1: Yeah. So we're excited, um, with launching our, uh, well, second collection with Bob, but fourth overall. Um, and it is going to be kind of focusing, um, on very sort of, uh, easy, more easy to wear sort of pieces. Um, we're using a, um, a, uh, fabric. It's a, um, it's a crep, uh, type of fabric. So it's very flowy, very easy to wear, uh, drapes really nicely. Um, and so again, we have, um, a few dresses, we have some tops, um, and we're doing sort of a rendition from our best-selling pants from last year. Uh, we're making it more sort of a wide leg style, um, this year. So, um, so yeah, so it's really exciting. And we're also going to be doing, um, you know, some different prints, some screen prints on, on um, some of the fabrics as well. Um, I think the color choices are gonna be really conducive more to the, to the fall and uh, holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so um, yeah, we're really excited um, about bringing those pieces out. We also have an extension uh, with the brand um, with a uh, housewares line. So I'm launching some, uh, you know, pillowcases and we're primarily using the ECAT fabric, um, which are beautiful designs and just give mm-hmm. a very sort of, sort of this boho chic kind of, you know, vibe. They can be used sort of in an outdoor setting or even indoor. So I'm really excited about that. And um, just adding uh, some accessories to the accessory line as well. So, so yeah, so there's a lot coming out and um, really nice. excited to share those.
0: Yeah, is there a date that those launch?
1: Um, I'm targeting early fall of this year. So, okay. yeah.
0: Nice. Um, cool. So I want to ask have a couple more questions uh, <laughs> in the interview. Yes, uh, what is something you are most proud of in your business?
1: Um, I think the mo- thing I'm most proud of is um, just really, you know, getting to this point of um, being able to say that, um, you know, I have a a women's wear line that I'm able to share with, um, you know, with women, I think it's just so gratifying. Um, every time, um, you know, somebody wears my piece. Um, I never ever in my wildest dreams ever thought that that would be possible. It's (laughs) so it's, it's, it's a really nice feeling to know that somebody's actually like wearing something of yours, of your design. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's just, it's a very, um, It's just a very satisfying and um, you know, sometimes you don't even have the words really to describe it, but it's a very nice feeling to to know that. And again, I this this journey obviously didn't happen overnight. You know, there was a lot of um, you know, times where and even still sometimes, you know, there's just sometimes doubt or like, you know, I just need a better direction or whatever, but I think those are the times where I have to just step back and real and just really kind of applaud myself as to how far I have come in, um, in all these years.
0: Yeah. And that's huge. So congratulations. Thank on that. you. Yeah. Um, so the question I ask everyone at the end of the interview is if you could communicate one value to the world, to the clothes that you design, what would it be?
1: If I could communicate one value to the world about my designs, um, I think it would just be to, um, you know, be confident um, sort of in anything you wear, but especially with, with my pieces. Um, I, I do want um, people to feel a certain way. And again, it kind of goes back to that sort of um, brand mission of Mm -hmm. just really sort of, you know, embracing um, your background or your culture, just anything that sort of makes up your identity. And I think clothing and fashion, um, you know, really do that. That's a huge part of our identity and who we Mm -hmm. are. And I hope that, you know, just giving a little bit of piece of myself and my identity and, you know, sort of representing my journey in life, Um, in terms of sort of accepting those, you know, those pieces uh, from my background um, can give, can give a little bit of inspiration or just a little bit of, you know, just something to somebody who wears that, you know, wears my piece um, and can maybe sometimes take a moment to reflect like, you know, of just really kind of, um, yeah, embracing your, your heritage, your identity and, and, um, you know, um, just, you know, representing yourself in the best way possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. And clothes really do. It's kind of like the first impression of our mm-hmm. personality and like yeah. who we are that we show to the world. Right. Um, so yeah, I love that. Um, well, this has been uh, really fun to hear your story and get to know more about you and Bob. Thank uh, you. Where can people find more about you online?
1: Um, so we are, our website is www.shopbov, S-H-O-P-B-H-A-V.com. Um, we're very, um, active on social media as well, um, Instagram and Facebook, and you can always, uh, click our link to take you back to our, um, to our website as well. Um, I'd also like to share a discount code with all your listeners. Um, if you're interested in purchasing anything from our website, it's Allison 20, A-L-I-S-O-N 20 to save 20% on your purchase with us.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we'll have to definitely check out the new collection when that comes out in yes. early fall too. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I, I loved, uh, talking about my journey and, and uh, sharing a little bit of, about myself.
0: That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.